This is another MP3 podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle, Australia. Welcome to Pet Chat. And this morning, our pet vet, Dr. David Tabret, is with us. What's your this afternoon? Hi, Jane. Um, Well, a couple of things. There was a a very interesting survey that came out. Do you want me to get into this? Very briefly. Oh, well. Only just the subject. (laughs) An interesting survey. An interesting survey about pet ownership and also a little bit about reptiles. Okay, Mm -hmm. sounds good. And Danny Boss here as well? Yes, g'day, Jane. How are you? And who will you be talking to today? Sue Barker today from Dog Rescue Newcastle. Ah, pet chat mm. coming along your way. And we'll be taking your calls from round about half past 12, 49216216. Get those questions ready. And David Tabret, you're going to talk about a survey on pet ownership. Home, homeward Bound is actually rather apt because... There's a survey being conducted. They do this fairly frequently, and uh, around about 750 families participated. So it's a fairly broad spectrum. Pets part of the family. Um, 96% of Australians regard their dog as part of the family. As someone said to me once, that's why they call it furniture. Furniture? That's furniture, yeah. Oh, fur- covered in fur. <laughs> <laughs> that's not surprising with that statistic, David. Well, I, I was going to ask Danny now... Do you buy your any of your dogs Christmas or birthday presents? Yes. Yes, and you're you're one of fifty percent of the Australian pet owning population. Can you believe that they're actually out there buying them presents for Christmas and events? Can I just add to that? Um, we do have rawhide birthday cards. So you can eat the card, edible cards. It says happy birthday on it. It's got a picture of a doggy and the toy, and you can eat it. Well, the pet can. The pet can (laughs) eat it. Well, I suppose if the pet can't read the card, you might as well get something out of it. Very good point, Jane. Now, um, and when asked, why do you own a dog? There was a number of answers that were given, but what do you think might have ranked highest on that list? Why own a dog? Um, Personally, I think in terms of happiness mm-hmm. um and it, they are a good friend always happy to see you yep love for I dogs love, mm. love for dogs was number one at 83 percent security by, yep that came in third companionship security and exercise so there's some good answers we've always heard about the benefits to our own health uh for getting out with your dogs to exercise them um and one of the things that came out of this that i really liked was the uh generation y uh, of our age groups is most likely to spend the most on their pets and I think probably because they're at that stage haven't necessarily got kids of their own but the interesting thing was that many rely on their parents to contribute to the upkeep <laughs> so, <laughs> a bit well, like everything else in life Well thinking about pets being good for you David um, according to this this came from one of the Health Funds um, magazines they help lower blood pressure pets do <laughs> they encourage you to exercise more and they can improve your mood so it's even better than wonder drugs and things like that. They provide unconditional love and acceptance. And uh, they inc- one study found that they uh, owning a dog increases exercise levels by up to 28%. Now, I might add that with dogs, and I think a lot of those things are very true with dogs, I find with cats that the love is conditional upon me providing food, for one, at, <laughs> at times that they determine to the palate that they determine. And not much exercise happens because we're on the lounge. 
But um, coming back to our survey, the other interesting thing is that over the life of your pet, owners are going to spend an average of about $25,000 per animal. And uh, that equates to about $2,000 per year on um, their dog, a little less for cats and so on. Most of that's in feeding, treats and pampering about $450 a year on veterinary costs. So only a small proportion, most of it's going towards all the extras. Feeding's obviously not an extra, but we, we are doing a lot of extra things when they're getting birthday presents, and that's good because of those benefits that we provide. So I thought that was very interesting with those percentages, and also in an international scale, Australia ranks very highly with regard to pet ownership. We have a high proportion of people that have pet ownership although those numbers are falling from what they were in previous years. And some of that comes back to the mobility of the workforce. You move away from your extended family into another city. You want that companionship, as you said, Jane. So what do you do? Get a dog. They're happy to see you at the end of the day Mm. when you come through the door. And so that's where a lot of this ties in with our movement of people and the cities and so on. Um, And I think that we'll probably see, uh, we've seen housing developments that become pet-friendly, There were housing developments that said we don't want any pets in there, but there's some loss of community, I think, because people don't get out and exercise their dogs. Mm. So, you know, yeah, I'm biased. I'm going to be an advocate for getting out and owning a pet, and I think there's some good reasons that we can see why. David, um, going along with that survey and the importance of pets uh, to families, Frontier Airlines in the USA has actually just recently added a policy that pets are now welcome on board. They've realised the importance of, of pets to their owners and they're welcoming them on board on the plane well, instead kn- of in the cargo area. I know that you've travelled in Europe and I was uh, quite a while ago when I did fly um, with Lufthansa and we had mm-hmm. yeah dogs in the, uh, in the cabin. Yes. <laughs> in the cabin? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah. They're a little chihuahua. Things are changing in cabin. the pet world. <laughs> and how do you rate with uh, why do you own a pet? You're listening to Pet Chat. It's 23 past 12 on 2 and URFM. Danny, we're looking at dog rescues now. That's right. We, we've uh, know of Hunter Animal Rescue. Um, I've recently found out there's another organisation that's Newcastle-based called uh, Dog Rescue Newcastle. So on the line we've got Sue Barker, who's a founder of, of Dog Rescue Newcastle. Thanks for joining us on the show today, Sue. That's fine, Danny. Look, a, a little bit um, in regards to um, yourself, How have you always been an, an owned pets yourself or been around pets? I have. I grew up in a um, semi-rural sort of situation. Always grew up with lots of animals, you know, sheep, cattle, horses. My family were all very um, keen horse, horsemen and women. And, um, and of course, you know, the, the dog and the odd joey and everything that... that sort of needed help we were there for. <laughs> yes, yeah. So no, then then you thought um, you set up a, a dog rescue service here in Newcastle. How long ago did you start that up? Well, this we, we commenced this about two and a half years ago, but mm. prior to that I had been doing, I'd set up another rescue group in another area and, and just, you know, left left that area, set up and, and moved down here, not to particularly get involved again, but, you know, I saw the need and... and um, Therefore, it's very hard to ignore these little faces that need help. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned the need. Is 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 it really su- such a bad problem and has it gotten worse over the years? It's definitely got, got worse. Um, there's... 
there's many more animals now um, needing and ending up in pounds than there were, say, 20 years ago. Yes. We, we now have people actively breeding to sell animals. Yes. Um, through whatever means, you know, pet shops or whatever, but, you know, that they're actively breeding and more backyard breeders that, you know, just breed a litter to sell them. So we end up with a lot of those animals, as do the pounds. And, um, yes, a lot, a lot more now than, than there were, say, 20, 30 years ago. So where does Dog Rescue Newcastle come in? What's the purpose for the organisation? Well, we, um, we liaise with the, the local pounds, I, you know, i.e., Curry, Singleton, Musselbrook, Wyong, Port Stephens, and we help where we can to take animals from the, those pounds that otherwise would um, be killed, basically be mm. euthanized. So we, we take what we can, as do other rescue groups. Yes. And um, but the, you know, there's there's still always some that we you know for whatever reason can't be saved, and we're talking about very rehomeable animals, not aggressive or you know there are still thousands and thousands of perfectly rehomeable animals that are killed every week throughout Australia and, you know, New South Wales everywhere. So we just, I mean, we make a dint in, in those numbers, but, um, you know, we, we all try and do the best we can. It is very encouraging to um, see organisations like yourself that are helping out like that because, as you say, the, the, the statistics are thousands, in the thousands that they get put down Australia-wide every week. Oh, look, I think it's, I can't, I'm not quoting exact statistics, Statistics, but I think it's about sixty. You know, oh, more than sixty thousand a year, and I yes. just don't have the figures in front of me. But yes. it's just—it's horrendous, absolutely horrendous. In a, a country like Australia, that is seemed to be, you know, very progressive. Um, you know, some of our even holding facilities, facilities you know, are, are no better than third world country facilities as far as pounds go. Do you find that there's certain seasons when there's more? Uh, dogs that need to be rehomed than, than other times? No, look, the traditional cat and puppy, se- kitten and puppy season that we used to see, you know, from September to December has now gone throughout the whole year. We see puppies and kittens all, all year. There's no, it's not a seasonal thing now. Um, it just happens. It's always there. Now, do you have a, a foster carer program in place? We do. We have, um, a very, Quite a large foster care um, system functioning, but um, as with any other organisations where there's always a great need for um, more foster carers because, you know, some need a break, they go on holidays, they renovate or they've got too many dogs or cats. <laughs> so um, definitely there's always a need for anyone out there who's thinking about, um, you know, helping in that way. So if, if some of our listeners are able to help and become a foster carer, well, there's the option of becoming a foster carer and there's also the option of, of taking one of, one of the, the puppies, kittens or, or dogs or cats. What's involved with the foster carer program? Um, the foster carer would make contact with the group um, either via our website, um, an email or a, a phone call and I'll yep. leave my number with the station. Yes, so either way, and I would, one of us would have a chat to that person and um, let them know what was involved. Basically, they don't incur any, any costs. It's just providing food and tender loving care for the animals. We, we provide everything else. Um, and having a chat with them and then, you know, looking at what sort of animal they can take, doing a, a property inspection and, um, you know, go from there and, and um, hopefully get another little, you know, save another little life. Now, the website is www.dogrescuenewcastle.com.au? 
Yes. Yes, okay. And we do have the number at the front desk there as well, the phone number and the website details if anyone didn't get that and can phone the station. But it is certainly a very good cause, and that's why I thought it would be nice to um, have you on the show just to explain uh, what the organisation does and that there is a number of organisations in our community that do need help or donations or foster carers and where you can, instead of buying a brand-new puppy, perhaps look at rehoming one that's been handed in, I guess you could say, onto death row, which is really a shame. Oh, that's right, giving a little creature a second chance. Yeah. Mm. Thank you for your time, Sue. That's great, Sue. Thank you for all that information. Sue Barker from Dog Rescue Newcastle. You're listening to Pet Chat, and we're very happy to take your calls. 49216216 is the number that will get you through to us and our pet vet, Dr David Tabret today, and Danny Boss. What have you got for us at the moment? Any no pet events happening? Well, because of the winter season, really, there isn't too many things happening in terms of pet events. They'll all start, um, uh, yeah, occurring once we hit into spring. There will be some really good events coming through, like Doggy Fun Day, which will be in August, and we'll be talking to the organisers of that um, of the, of that expo or pet day um, and seeing what's going on. But this time, uh, it'll be a two-day process. It'll be a Saturday and Sunday. Normally, it's always been one day, but two Two days, so two days of pet events, and it'll be held in Morpeth. So looking forward to that. And in terms of the show dog arena, at the moment, um, nothing happening in, in, in the Hunter. Again, till uh, August. In August is when it starts happening. Uh, it's a bit wet for showing the dogs. Mm. A bit wet. bit cold. bit cold, a bit wet. Early mornings. I suppose they've got winter coats as well, so they're not quite as pretty. I think I meant for Danny. <laughs> It's a bit cold. <laughs> it's a bit cold for of me. Of course, for Danny. Um, can I just say, David, that um, another study that was reported by this um, um, this Health Fund magazine says was looking at people who had been ill and found that those who owned a dog and had a heart attack, they were more likely to be alive a year later than non-dog owners. Hmm. And they also found that owning a four-legged friend lowers heart disease and blood pressure. Yeah, well, a lot of that's probably going to be related to um, the exercise and I think the companionship. And uh, so if we can find those benefits, I think they're a good argument. And in fact, that might apply to cats too. (laughs) Not the exercise bits. No, not the exercise bit. But yes, the right cat can be very calming. Um, They... We often talk about, uh, as vets, when we get cats with upper respiratory disease, we say to people, get them on your lap and um, pat them, and they'll start to purr. And so that rattling that they create helps to mobilise the secretions and so on, helps the cat get better. But purr therapy is actually good for people as well. There's something very comforting about cats sitting there purring away Mm, as as you give them a pat. So, yeah, I think... good. Now, 49216216 is the number to ring if you've got a question to put to David. And Gwen has rung in from Warrabrook. Hello, Gwen. Oh, hello. Look, I have a question for David. Um, yep. Look, I... Hello. Hi, Gwen. Hi, I'm fine, thank you. Yeah. Look, I have a Bichon Freeze, 12 months old. Yes. And um, I've been trying to buy chicken necks, which she loves, but they've been unavailable for a few weeks. And I'm wondering if chicken wings or something else, what I could give her? Yeah, sure. A lot of people do use the chicken wings anyway. And they're quite all right. Um, Well, the same rules apply, as we say, for any 
uh, raw meat is um, with with bones involved is that it shouldn't be cooked and it shouldn't be cut and chicken wings are usually just given whole. They're probably better if you are looking at them that the, the tips are often better, particularly for the younger dogs where they're, you know, their new teeth, their molars are coming through, things like that. So their gums might be a little, little bit sensitive, and so if you actually use the wing tips uh, rather than the whole uh, wing itself, you know you get that little mini drumstick. That's, that's right, yes. Yep. So that, that might be better when she's a bit older, but you can uh, take that off and then... Just use the yeah. wing tips, and some people actually sell the wing tips separately for pet food. Oh, do they? Mm. Oh, I see. Yes. Well, I was just wondering about that because um, I was told by my vet that their chicken necks were very good for them, for their teeth and that. I think um, it, the the thing with um, we find with the chicken necks is that the bones are a bit softer, and so <laughs> as long as they're able to chew on them. But yes, the wing the wings or the wing tips will be fine. I don't think you'll have any problems there. Um, it sort of does ask the question, what's happened to all the chicken necks? But anyway. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> they must have been too popular. I'd, I'd say so. Indeed. Thanks, so, Gwen. Thanks for your call, Gwen. And June joins us now from Swansea. Hello, June. You've got a comment you'd like to make to David. Yes, I do. Um, it's something pretty close to my heart, I'm afraid. Um, I sound a bit stupid by hearing this, but oh, I just can't keep quiet about it any longer. Um, I was reading um, in the paper uh, recently about um, there's uh, a lot of um, older people in in convalescent homes that they visit their parent um, families don't visit, mm-hmm. and uh, they um, they uh, are having a pretty rough time. Mm-hmm. And wouldn't it be lovely if someone had that had the resources and that was to take some of these unwanted animals um, uh, that they're adopting. Yep. Um, and 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 for, visit the for, people. Yeah. Yeah. And and provide um, uh, like have a um, a backup where they could feed them and that at a different place, but just take them along to the convalescent homes and give these people a bit of love. Yes, with, with both the pet and and I'm sure that would lift their spirits. I think it. I think you're absolutely right. There is a very good program that's run Australia wide, and it does operate in the Newcastle area. It's run by uh, Delta. It's Delta Society. Delta yes. Society, mm. and they do pets as therapy work. Um, they have uh, animals that are trained and obviously health checked. They um, interact certain types of. Dogs mostly, I think, isn't it, Danny? It is mainly dogs, yeah. and they go and visit the homes. Don't visit, they? visit the nursing homes, yes, um, and hospitals, yes, and uh, they're able to actually go in. So that idea that you're talking about, June, um, is a, a great idea also to think about in terms of the the dogs that probably aren't getting, you know, these homes elsewhere. They can go into these these processes that Delta Society are running. The problem that they have is the cost because it's a volunteer organisation. They're doing great work in getting into the um, nursing homes and, as you said, hospitals and convalescent areas, and it really does make a difference. Mm. But they they do have to go through the processes. The dogs have to make sure they're trained and they're going to be safe, and they have handlers that work with the dog who are also trained to a very high level, 
And so anything, if you wanted to get involved and help to support the uh, Delta Society, I know that they operate in the local area, and that would be a really good cause. And in fact, that might be a good person to talk to. Yes, we might Delta we might Society. get Delta Society on yeah. the show next week and, and just catch up. With Let's them. do that. Thanks, Thanks for the idea, Judy. And we're joined now by Chris from Elibana. You've got a question? Hello, Chris? Hello, Chris? Hello? Hello, Chris? No. No, we seem not to have Chris. Sorry, that was Judy. Is it Judy? Yes. Oh, Judy. Thank you. <laughs> Sorry, let's have your question. You're from Musselbrook and you've got a, a problem. Yes, well, I have an 18-month-old fox terrier who persistently pulls the washing off the line and also jumps a lot on the grandchildren. How do I right. do that behaviour? Yeah. Well, um, washing off the line is, is a very, very stimulating thing for an 18-month-old. I mean, let's be serious. Let's call him a teenager, okay, because that's what we're dealing with here. Teenager behaviour, lots of energy. I assume that you've had this dog since uh, being a puppy? Yes. And how long has this been going on for? Since day one, basically. <laughs> since she could jump high enough. Um, yeah. Yeah, and it's, when, the, when the washing's going around, it does become a, it's a very stimulating thing. What, there is an element of that that the puppy will grow out of, but in the meantime, you run the risk of clothing getting pulled off and damaged and soiled and so on. It probably goes into the same thing with um, grandchildren, that you've got a puppy that's slightly out of control behaviour-wise, needs a bit of basic obedience. I think this does come back to um, getting the dog to be able to respond to verbal commands and understanding that there's play behaviour and then there's, you know, good behaviour. We've had him to puppy preschool and mm -hmm. he will sit, drop and roll. Yep. Um, and he does respond to, like, the guttural no... Yes. You know, putting your hand up and growling at him. Yep. He does respond to that to a degree. Right. Um, the first solution I would suggest about, the, if you can, is to obviously try and get him, keep him away from the washing because sometimes a lot of those uh, patterns of behaviour you just can't overcome when there's something so exciting in front of him. So he's really just going to have a hard time to hold himself back and go, I really want to chase that, I really want to chase that, um, mm. no matter what his training is. Offer him alternatives, um, which involve, you know, you could have um, kongs on a rope and th things like that that are going to keep him active as well and mm. use up some of that energy. Um, the I have seen people have actually fenced off an area so that the dog can't get into that area where the clothes are. The problem with grandkids is that they're of a height where when the dog jumps, it's um, enough to be problematic, but oftentimes... Mm. With adults, they, the height thing seems to say, the, the dog says, well, I'm not going to jump up because you're much bigger than me and you're the boss of me, whereas other um, grandkids become the play to, um, playmates in the litter. So there is a height thing that makes a difference. If everybody could get on page as far as learning just a very basic no, and I think probably this dog needs to go back and do a bit more obedience training to reinforce those early lessons that you put in place just to help to uh, set the message about how it should behave with other people around. But that yeah, he's, yeah, he's actually a very... Like, he jumps a lot because he's actually broken his leg in jumping up so high. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, he's a real leaper. Hasn't stopped him, though, has it? No, no. no. 
Well, no. Good luck with trying those <laughs> bits and pieces. Yeah, I think dude. he. I think he just needs. I, need, I think he needs to be doing more obedience. So it's like going to mm. school. Mm. You know, if you start the lessons, you have to keep doing it. You do yeah. <laughs> advanced puppy training. <laughs> okay, and now Chris from Elibana. Hello. Hello. Hi. How are you, David? Hi, Chris. Good. Uh, that's good. I've got a uh, male Pomeranian. He's uh, about eight years old. Um, He's not the toy type, but he's a bit larger than the normal pom. He's, he's purebred, but he's um, he's a bit overweight, I'll admit. But lately, he's developed that coughing. Um, when he gets excited, he'll cough, and um, sometimes when he drinks water, he'll cough as well. Sort of like a, a cough and a gag, if you like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it's worrying me a bit, but I just wanted to get your opinion what that's all about. Um, if we see it in dogs of this age, I'd always want to get them checked out and make sure they haven't got nasal disease or pharyngeal disease. But oftentimes, if there's coughing associated with swallowing, it could indicate that um, the pharyngeal tissue at the back of the throat, just above the voice box, is um, maybe a little bit swollen. Now, in some breeds, that happens uh, as a congenital thing. So they're born with or they grow into, say, an overlong soft palate, and there's certain breeds that we see, Cavaliers are a good example, um, Bulldogs and Pugs, um, those pushed-in nose dogs. Yep. Um, Pomeranians, we don't normally see that sort of thing with. And at the age of eight, um, I'm suspicious, you know, I wouldn't think straight away that it's a soft palate problem. Probably being overweight doesn't help because it just adds to a little bit of um, the tissue in the pharynx. Yep. And it also means that we've got to breathe a bit harder. Now, the way that that, you know, just for exercise-wise, now, what, the way that that impacts is that when you breathe in, you create negative pressure in the airways, and so that transmits to negative pressure in your mouth and air rushes in, but it could also suck a bit of tissue uh, from the slightly swollen pharynx into yeah. into the path of his airway, makes him cough a bit. And, of course, when he's drinking, our, our airway and our esophagus cross over in, oh. at the larynx. So... What happens is if that's slightly a little bit swollen or the other thing is if there's a neurological disease that causes some paralysis in that area, uh, then that can also cause problems. So I think there's enough there to say let's get it checked out and make sure, you know, first of all, it's not a medical thing. It could just be weight loss is needed. Yeah. But Yeah, he's in the guts. (laughs) Um, He does snore too quite well, you know, when he gets into a deep sleep he starts snoring away yeah well that goes with the i mean that tells us that there's a bit too much tissue in there if it is an overlong soft palate often if they're developing at that age they've got to be checked out for other diseases so i think it's worth getting that checked out it might just be a weight loss Um, ultimately if it's ongoing and there's no other cause then sometimes they need surgery but uh, i think there's going to be something else happening there right and just the other quick question um, in your opinion, and this is just a generalised curiosity question, do you find that male or female dogs are more affectionate? <laughs> That's a great question. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I, 50-50. <laughs> yeah, I think it depends on the dog. I know I know. with Weimaranas, I'll say definitely the male dogs, they're more sookier. <laughs> And affectionate, but um, that's the breed I'm in. 
Um, and whereas the females, they're a bit more independent, you know? They can be with you, but they're also happy not being with you. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think it depends. Yeah. That's Just a great question, and that might be something that we could ask you to ring in, everyone, if you'd like to. Um, 49216216 is the number to ring. Thanks to Chris for that question. That's a really good one. This is Pet Chat, and we have Dr. David Tabret and Danny Boss here, and we also have Barry, who's rung in from Belmont. Barry, you've got a question about your Jack Russell. Yeah, uh, actually, it's about smackos, uh, beef smackos. Mm-hmm. Um, it, does it hurt giving uh, them to the dog? Like she gets two a day. Yeah, that's sort of it. Um, you are you worried about like the calories or what's in them or? No, they don't, seem to, do, don't seem to be doing her any harm or anything like that. Oh right, yeah, it's no. Just that, uh, when you have a cup of tea and you have a biscuit, yeah, uh, you know, like, uh, well, where's my smoker? You know, <laughs> sort of and uh, so she gets uh, a smoker. I think I have seen some dogs that have had that sort of arrangement, and when we question people, the dog's getting smackos four times a day. Um, plus it's meals, and I think you need to be careful about the total amount of food that they're getting. The other thing with dogs is that if you if they get food, that's a reward. That's how, that's how the dog sees it. So we might think, oh, yes, but it's just food, you know. We're having a cup of tea and we have a biscuit, so we give... But the dog sees it as a reward. Now, it doesn't have to be anything big, but if you need to treat it as that. And so just say to the dog, sit, and then it gets the smacko. And so that becomes a reward for obeying you and for sitting, and that's fine. Yeah. Um, I guess so calories is one thing. Behavioural, you know, they just don't get a free ride is the other thing. Uh, the other, the third thing is that there has been news uh, again recently about safety regarding um, these sort of food treats and so on. And um, so I think that's, as far as I'm aware, the beef smackos haven't been a problem. No. Danny's no. going to... And the manufacturer of the beef smackos, the actual smackos, yeah. is, is Australian. So they're Australian made too, and that's a, that's a safe they're, and a good they're thing. They're the only ones that I use. Yeah. 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 Okay. Uh-huh. Uh, I did hear something about the chicken ones there at one part, and uh, I stopped giving her the chicken ones, and I just give her the beef ones when yeah. the time arises, you know. Yeah, I think you're safe with that. Yeah. The, other, the other thing is uh, some dogs that do develop allergies to certain foods or intolerances, and if your dog is having skin problems and your vet says we need to change the diet, then just remember that things like smackos are part of the diet and we might think, oh, it's just a treat, but it's still a way for something like beef to get into their system and it can contribute to ongoing skin problems. So don't forget yeah. that that they're being given. But otherwise, no, go ahead and have a cup of tea and but just remember to ask him to sit first, that's all. Yeah. <laughs> Keep all right. the behaviour up, Barry. that's excellent, thanks. And uh, nobody's rung in to tell us whether just why they do, whether they fit in with the survey. Oh, the ownership and the ownership um, as to why you own a pet. Why do you, you give your do you give your pet a Christmas or birthday present? <laughs> um, and oh, Danny can tell us. I bet a lot of people are because I, I know that are. I know that you you do see a lot of those well, items get um, yes, sold through the pet and, shops. And actually, um, in terms of Christmas in the retail world, we have to start ordering the Christmas presents for pets now. Uh, um, yeah, so in it, July, in Christmas July, is it, coming. yeah, it's uh, it's actually it, it starts very early on, middle of the year, so that uh, stocks are all ready for Christmas presents for pets, which uh, it does. It happens big time. 
Yeah. Hmm. So, it, well. What would you give your cat as a present, David? Well, I couldn't say that she'd get tuna or anything like that because she gets that all the time. <laughs> she just lives a life of luxury, one might say. Yes, my wife is responsible for that. But it's not, it's not only just treats. It's also in regards to um, toys, toys or any kind of special wear, shirts that they can wear as well. Like, I'm the birthday boy. That kind of for stuff. your pet? Yeah, yeah. A shirt? Yeah. Wow. Okay, okay. well, fair enough. I, I was going to say, I do remember, um, as far as clothing goes, I've seen the scarves. Yes. Sunglasses. Yes. And hats. Yes. Right. And they come in, the hats come in so many different styles these days, too. You can have bikey hats, you can have beanies, you can have cowboy hats, <laughs> cowgirl. <laughs> <laughs> and that's in case you have your girl dog or your boy dog. That's right. <laughs> there's, That's right. There's yeah. scarves available as well. Scarves are available. Yeah, yeah. So the whole hog. The bling. The bling. <laughs> Lots of bling. Still got the bling. That's right. So are there gifts like that for horses as well? Do they get hats? Um, actually, that's a good question. Thinking of Daisy May type <laughs> I'm sure there are. I haven't uh, delved into that part of the uh, of the world for horses. Dog, but um, Horses are very sensitive around their ears yep. and um, they don't like you touching their ears and around the pole, which mm. is the top of the head, very much. And so I suppose I if they'd... you give them a straw hat, they'll eat it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and that brings, so. brings us pretty well to the end of Pet Chat today. Thank you, David Tabret. Thanks, Jane. Thanks, Danny Boss. Thank you, Jane. And we'll be back with more Pet Chat next Wednesday after the midday news on 2NURFM.